Hey everybody and welcome to Shaking the Dam's Table, new mini segment called Black Light where we're highlighting black creatives around and they're going to tell us a little bit about themselves. And this week we're going to talk about black actors. So, hey everybody, let's go around and introduce ourselves, starting with Deshaun. Oh, hi everybody, my name is uh, Deshaun Garrett. I am an actor, I've been doing this for... Uh, well, I like to say all my life, but professionally, probably about four or five years. Um, currently in a show called Choir Boy at the moment at BBRTC in and VFT's collaborative uh, production. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much who I am. Uh, hey, I'm Rodney Pomby. Um, act as well, but singing is my first love. Um, I can't really put a number on how long I've been doing this, but currently in the same show as well as my castmate, Sean. <laughs> Hello, I'm Terrence Campbell. I'm also an actor. More of a triple threat Come actor, on. singer, dancer. But yeah, I've been doing this for a while. All my life basically. And I'm also in Fireboy with these other characters. Hello, I'm Trevon. Um, last name is Lee. I've been doing this for Eight years, I guess. Uh, started in high school, and well, now I'm here, and I'm glad to be blessed by the presence of these people. Yes, yes, me as well. So, let me ask y'all um, we're just gonna get into like a little bit of what you guys do, and just really about the acting industry and being a black male actor as well. So, um, I'm just gonna ask y'all a few questions and stuff. So tell me what is one of your favorite projects that you've done just as an actor and why? Anybody can do Well, uh, I guess I uh, My favorite project I've been a part of, uh, I did two short films that I wrote and directed about um, my struggle with depression and anxiety. So that was something that I'm very proud of. Because I was sanity and sanity too. Okay. Uh, I was able to do that as method that came out of, um, I was fresh out of college and going, still battling with my depression. And my line brother actually was like, you need to write something about that. And I sat down and picked up an old project I was working on and revamped it and was able to shoot that. So I'm proud of that. Can we find that anywhere? Yes, like it's it? on YouTube, um, it's on Facebook, it's on my Facebook page. Rodney Funding McKinney is on um, Layton Avenue Productions, which is on uh, Facebook as well, YouTube, everything. Um, I guess my favorite production or favorite thing that I've been a part of was this film called Hollywood Speech. You know, um, it was fun because I was I was playing the antagonist, and in that I was, you know, I was kind of a crazy person, kind of a schizophrenic, and I've I've done that before, you know, in a role in hospital, and what made it so fun to me was the fact that I was able to tap into that, you know, and uh, I was able to kind of really bring that to life. And you can find that on YouTube, so. Um, for me, uh, I, first I want to say, I did a production of Memphis at Red Mountain Theater Company here in Birmingham, and that was a phenomenal uh, production for me. I don't know, it just resonated with me in so many different ways. And um, also, I co-wrote and co-directed a piece called Being Black in America with this lovely lady right here. You can also find that. You can find the, the, the uh, the, um, I don't know, the trailer, the trailer <laughs> on uh, you, 
YouTube. I mean the actual little short clip is actually on YouTube. It's just not uh, live at the moment. But um, yeah, and uh, that was a pretty good uh, process for me. I don't know. I think it's stepping on the other side of the table was a, a fun thing to do as a writer and as a director. It was pretty awesome. Well, for me, it was probably like the Twelfth Night, because more Shakespeare. Um, I'm not very good at Shakespeare, but the experience of learning Shakespeare, I did an internship in Orlando, Florida, at the Orlando Shakespeare Theater, and that show really brought out the the actor in me, because I was able to dig deep into Shakespeare as a black actor. Um, this is a thing where the all-male cast, it was done originally, the original dialect, um, it was an outside theater, like it was everything. So, that's probably my best show that I've done because it opened my, my eyes to Shakespeare, which I'm not a big fan of, but it's a learning experience. <laughs> but it was a great, yeah. great experience. That's great. Okay, so what are some of y'all like greatest inspirations okay. and why? Okay, so <laughs> I guess for me it would be because I didn't really I, I didn't really know that I wanted to do this. I didn't know that at all during high school, but um, my friend, or classmate brother, um, they pretty much asked me to audition. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll audition. And as like growing up, I kind of, in terms of like film as well as theater, I kind of pictured them as the same thing. And I always would rehearse scenarios in my head of pretty much like how I would play a role or play how I would do something. I guess my biggest inspiration would be Denzel. The reason I say that is because of the fact that he pretty much you can see in all of his all of his films that he, he brings a piece of himself in there. And while um, I don't I don't like doing that, uh, I still think that it's 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 good because it's like that's 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 a piece of you there, but whenever I'm performing <laughs> as crazy as it is uh, I find myself like trying to shed my um, I don't want to say like skin but shed everything that, that I have like rubber bands or glass or anything like that just so I can become that character and even still even when I do that I still feel like there's a piece of me there um, that's why it's really why I love it because I uh, I <laughs> Uh, I think my biggest inspiration um, would have to be Meryl Streep, honestly. Uh, and I know that's a fight woman. <laughs> but um, I mean, I love her. I'm sorry. But I love her. And I think why is because there is, I, I haven't seen a role yet that has conquered that lady. And, you know, if I ever get the opportunity to just ask her, like, what do you do? What is your process? Because I think that. The one thing that I think that she does is she allows the character to become her. Like, mm -hmm. this is not a character, this is Meryl Streep. And I, you know what I mean? Like, whoever she's playing, it is Meryl Streep that's playing it. It's not a, you feel what I'm saying? And I think that that's a, a, a service that I would like to do to any role that I take on in this industry. You know, because it's a it's a service to the people who are watching it, to the audience, to my counterparts, the people that I have to work with, yeah. and I I just you know I don't I think that there is just a phenomenal thing about someone who can come into the process and they can make something their own, and 
you know, it's it's so believable because as an actor, and when I got into it very heavy, I began to find myself paying attention to the acting on the television more so than the storyline. Mm. And it's very hard for me to take myself away from that. But when I watch her, although I'm still paying attention to the acting, I still, it, it takes me out of that realm and it, I'm actually watching the storyline because she's doing the job so damn well. Uh, uh, two, I actually have two. Um, both, one of them, Whoopi Goldberg and mm. Felicia Rashad. Yes. Whoopi Goldberg, primarily because this woman plays so many different characters and no two of them are the same. Like, you don't see Dolores Van Cartier in Seeley. You don't see Seeley and her character from Ghost Like this. She diversifies herself with each role that she plays, and I love to watch her work from the small screen to the big screen and how she sinks her teeth into whatever it is that she's doing. And Felicia Rashad, simply because she's Felicia Rashad, like, like, like she, is, <laughs> she is who she is. And from anything that she does, like anytime I see her on screen, and I haven't had the chance to see her on stage yet, but anytime I see her on screen, it's like a breath of fresh. I just want to inhale whenever I see her because her level of professionalism and dedication and just love for what she's doing just radiates through everything that she does. And one thing I love about her is her eyes. When she's in a scene and when she's really in it, but you can see how she connects with the character in her eyes. You don't see Felicia, you see whoever she is in that moment. And I love to watch both of them work. Yes. Yes. I mean everything. Another one. She is the she is she is her. Like my well, for me, it would probably be by Oval Davis and Penny Lamont. Um, for me, I'm a musical theater guru, guru, and like musical theater for me is like my livelihood. I love to sing, love to dance, anything no about it, yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, I feel like those two people, Viola Davis and Penny Lamont, like the divas when it comes to creating a character or being dedicated to a role, stripping themselves from. Basically sure. everything and just like bringing herself to the to the character at all times and those are my two favorites. So you mentioned this actually a little bit, um, talking about like process. So what is y'all's like? What's something that you have to do as part of your process whenever you're like assigned a new role or like you're starting a new process? Like, Shit, I ain't got no process. <laughs> <laughs> And honestly, to, and, uh, I'll be quite frank with you, I think that uh, one of the biggest hurdles that I have encountered in my life, not just in this profession, is um, laziness and being lazy mm. with doing things. And I think that, you know, I, I like to consider myself a very, very good actor, but I think that I could be so much better if I actually took the time out to actually do the work long before, you know, ahead of time. And I think that's just one of the hurdles that I'm still yet to overcome. I'm still trying to get over. I keep falling every time I get to it. But I think, though, also to that degree, um, a part of my process is being in the space. I will say that much. Yeah. Being in the space with people and then knowing what it is. And there are there has been times where I've actually um, did the work beforehand and uh, so much stuff actually came to me about the character. And then I began to understand how other people have gotten to from point A to point B. You know what I mean? Instead of staying at the surface, which is because... Just like, you know, we don't get the opportunity to go 
to a place clock in and that's when our job starts our job starts as soon as we get an offer to be yeah. in something and we make the decision yes I will be in this your production of whatever it is and I think for that particular that's where the process starts and that is when you have clocked in um, I do say this if it's something that's going to help me become the help the help the character become me I will indulge in it a little bit uh, but I'm not necessarily a method actor because I do believe that once I leave this once I leave the space that's that is where I'm leaving this character because it does not it's not going to be a part of who I am um, because you know some things I, I know some people have lost their lives to being method sure. actors yeah. and it has been yeah. extremely yeah. heavy for them but I think that um, you know my biggest hurdle is overcoming laziness and just saying oh I'll do it tomorrow I'll learn it tomorrow I'll do it tomorrow and um, yeah and that's just my for me that's one of the part of my process well uh, for me I feel like I'm with the channel uh, that I don't really I don't necessarily have a process um, when I'm in the space, I'm in there, and when the lights come off, that's when I actually become who I need to become. Yes, it takes like directing notes and whatnot, but for me personally, I think that it's also overcoming laziness. I, I think that's uh, something with um, this generation, you know what I mean, that we have to overcome laziness with it. We have to overcome procrastination is because we have everything at our fingertips, you know, and I've Honestly, from from the productions that I've been been in, um, the reason that I don't, I guess, um, do the work beforehand is because I feel like these characters are innately me. You know what I mean? We're like, sure, we strip away. You know, we we drop who we are as a person, but the the, the reason that we're able to become these characters is because they are us, and I think that. I think for me that 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 kind of says something, you know, and, and the reason I say that is because if if we are enabling these characters, kind of, I don't want to, this, this, this is going to sound really crazy, but why do we need to practice and study? But, in the same vein, I also feel like we need that because we want to dig deeper, you know, we want to really have that character almost, in a sense, become become our spirit, if, 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 that, if that makes any sense. Like, we, we want that character to be an extension of, of us. So, I think I have the, I have the same problem as Deshaun, but at, at, at the same time, I feel like all the characters that I play, uh, even Unsumble, uh, these characters are me. Well, for me, like, I'm not saying I'm a, a procrastinator or lazy, but I have to prepare. Because for me as an actor, like, I need to know what's going on. And But most of my energy comes from the other person. So when I get into the room with everybody else, I kind of see how I shift into those characters or the people around me. Because for me, I'm, I'm not a method actor, but I'm more of a, I base everything off energy. Yeah. And so when energy is, like, low, I'm like, okay, so let's try to shift this and like basically I shift myself to where everybody else is but when it's time to play I like to try different things and see what works and what doesn't work but for me I'm more of a like, energy type person around everybody else to see how I really do my preparation but I have to be 
prepared. I have to. Yeah. I'm the same way. For me, uh, first thing I do, of course, is try to get off the book as quick as I can, learn my line so I know what I'm saying. Um, after I break the scenes down, all of that is the, the groundwork. But like he said, the bulk of it for me is getting in the space with the other actors and getting in the room and establishing the world that we're going to be in. Because it's one thing to try to get a grasp of character by yourself, but all of that can change when you get with somebody, bumping, when you bump your understanding of the text up against their understanding of the text, the way that their character interprets what they're saying versus the way that I'm interpreting what I'm saying and what I'm taking. Because it's easy for me to learn my cue lines, but inflections are different, yeah, energy is different, color, you know, like what they're, how they're saying, you know, all, all of that is different. So learning how to create the world together is mine. And one thing that I kind of struggle with is time management. I'm not a procrastinator, but I'm a procrastinator if that makes sense. <laughs> right. you know, that's, that's right. my idea. Oh, I do because I always think I have more time than I do. Right. And when you try to juggle everything at one time, you're like, oh, okay. It's kind of like I rented this in undergrad. You know, the papers due in April is January. Later. Oh, okay. I'm going to do this. And it's, it's every bit of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this much time off every day to make sure I study for the paper, da, 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 da. Next thing I know is for the papers due, and I didn't do any of that, so it's like, okay, um, now I'm like, all right, what's going on, what's going on? But um, when I seen a meme on uh, Facebook, it was like, one of the reasons why I'm such a bad procrastinator is because I always get it done. It's like, if I ever failed getting it done, maybe then that I would change, but I wait, and then I do it, and it happens, and then it, you know, it's like, but then I'm like, what Deshaun said is like, maybe... What if I took the time out long time ago to give myself that time instead of doing everything? In right. Like, of course I'm going to succeed, right. but imagine how much how much farther right. I would be. But it seems like I kind of thrive off that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I gotta get it. You know, that pressure helps you yeah. perform yeah. better. I will progress right. too. Right. Then I just like, and I like me. I'm like, I don't want to deal with it until the very last minute too. Because some stuff is just like, <laughs> I, yeah. and I want to try to keep it fresh too because you don't want to death. You don't want to burn yourself out on the material because sure. I was looking at um Denzel Washington and Viola Davis when they did Fences yeah. they rehearsed maybe I want to say two three weeks and he was like we don't want to over rehearse we want everything to be authentic when we get on the set like I don't want us to get used to how we gonna say it and blocking and stuff he's like I want to us to rehearse we know but we want everything new and fresh when we get For on sure. the set so oh, they didn't rehearse a lot they wanted everything fresh so and I, I think I think what you're saying the um I think the biggest thing is finding the middle ground, especially with uh, the cast um, and both Fireboy having an ensemble and also knowing what everybody else is going to say. So, what are some challenges that y'all come across as black actors specifically within this industry? Well, for me, it's my size. Um, I feel like with me, with me being a bigger guy, when you see these other actors that's bulked up and it's like, well, I don't think I fit in there or like all that I look at me because of my body type but for me I move for people come on like, period amen you know what I, I number one is being black is that that's 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 a big obstacle and I'm glad you said that but I think that um it it is so monotonous the process that the cast okay, directors go through uh when when they're casting the show and I think that you know I, I get the thing often like if you have a low haircut and most of you will get cast more oh that we have your type you know what I mean to every uh, forgive me for saying this but to every 20 white people there's one black person for a particular 
proposal was just like there are 100 uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Forgive me, I lost my I lost my train of thought. But like, there's many movies out there where there's one role for a black guy, and legitimately, um, everybody goes. Like you know, you have 100 people going. And Todd Bridges said this. He said being a black actor in LA is the is the worst thing because there's one role for a black man and there's a hundred men that's coming in there for the exact same role and I think you know and a lot of the times I think they say that well it's traditional and this is the way that it's supposed to be but it's just like break the norms and in film we have a little more leeway but in theater no it's, yeah. it's you know it's colorblind casting so they say when they put you in a role that you that was not written for you and the roles that were written for us are these submissive roles where we are playing the uh, butler, the maid, uh, stuff like that. So you know what I mean? And I think for, for, for that particular reason, uh, it's very tough being in this industry. And what it does is I think it pits us against each other just because, not because we want to, it just happens because it's just like, well, there's six of us black men that are friends and all six of us going in for this role and they choose one over us. Uh, I mean, we we can we don't we are not in control of our emotions. So we're like, you know, of course we're gonna be happy, but at the same time, some you know something may spark up. And you may be like, uh, yeah, yeah. well, dog, oh, well, we, you know what I mean. And I think that I think that's just one of the hardest things for me. And I think you know, remaining humble and just continually uh, praying and keeping God first and just knowing what's for you is for you. And I think that's for me. It's something that you have to grasp when you are in this profession and when you're in this industry because it will not wait for you to get your emotions under control. It's not going to wait for you to humble yourself and to say whatever it is you need to say to yourself or whatever rituals or whatever you do. It is not going to wait on you. It will leave you in the dust until you figure out whatever it is that you have to figure out. Yeah. I, I literally agree with everything that you said. And I think um, for film especially for the big films, you know, you, you just had the MCU and you just had Black Panther. And I was actually looking at somebody, uh, or um, somebody said this, that pretty much the the kind of uh, Black MCU films have kind of left us in the dust. Uh, and I kind of agree with it, but there's there's a plethora of like uh, of Black comics, right? You have Miles Morales, you have the, the new Iron Man who is actually a woman, who is also black, um, and you, you you have you have all these all these different different things that can come up, right? But at the same time, in theater, I think it's different. And the reason I say that is because theater you have a lot of you have a lot of plays, but a lot of the plays are also Caucasian plays, right? They're they're they're, they're white plays, right? And like you said, there's, there's there's a place for like one black actor, but even still, film is a there's a lot more leeway versus like theater, which these plays have already been established. You know, you have fences, but that's that's a black play. A race in the sun, a black play. Uh, for color girl, black play. You know what I mean? It's it's specific. Uh, on the back end of it, black people in film get paid a lot. Black Panther was one of the highest grossing movies of the year. And legitimately, when I looked at the salaries of every last one of those actors, it made, I was baffled. I was baffled. Black women get paid even more, less than, you know, I was baffled. So, and I think, 
I think you know, and it's just a matter of like, okay, we have to be appreciative for getting a spot at the table. But now that we have this spot at the table, we only gonna get a third of this bread when all the other people gonna get gonna split the rest of it. And it's a situation where is if I say, Well, can I get a little bit more of this bread? I'm ungrateful. I don't appreciate that. You should appreciate this because you're a black person. I gave you an opportunity, and I think that that comes across a lot. So you know, I think that's, to that effect, one thing that I'm loving um, in this shifting of media uh, with movies and uh, TV and theater is the fact that I think a lot of us um, are no longer really caring for a seat at the table. Right. We, 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 we would exactly. like to see at the table. But if the secret table doesn't come, we've already started construction exactly. on our own table. Exactly. But one thing that I want to make sure that we do is remember the feelings of not being able to sit at that table when right. somebody is and trying I, to and, sit at ours, when one of us is trying to come to our own table. Precisely. And in that, I think that what happens is we have a lot of people who have a lot of small tables in our and in this color. And once that table starts to get bigger, it's like, we don't got no room for you either. So, you know, and, I, and, it, and it happens uh, too often in this profession, and it's saddening to see that it's just like, okay, well, you know, we all fight for the same thing, and we fought to get, a, this, that, to get a seat there, and now that you're in the same position, it's like, no thanks, you have to look a specific type of way, or you have to be a specific type of person, you have to do this, you know what I'm saying, so we want people that are typical, we want just this type of, and I'm like, okay. And I, I, I think in that, uh, making up that, you can see uh, Jordan Fields doing the same thing, you know, creating his own table. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have bonus, you have mixes, you have blackish, you have, you have all this stuff. And then I can mention that you have Get Out and uh, Us, you know what I mean? It's like, who did the casting for mixes, though? I don't <laughs> I know. Let's no you know, yeah, look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to wonder how did you have a comment on? I'm sorry. How did how did Anna Devere Smith turn into the last minute thing? Because also they have been saying, "Hey, they can let Rainbow play her own mama." Well, you know they were saying that he doesn't cast a lot of darker skin people. Like they said those comments in like Ronish or whatever. Like they have a lot of dark skin friends. So I think that was kind of like a. Because you thank you, you the role was already cast. Yeah, you've already introduced her mother on the <laughs> Devere Smith don't even look like the type of person it that is. actually gets older and gets lighter. You know, it happens, yeah. but not for like I love Tika Sump. Tika Sump is my sore, she's my fan, you know, like I love her. I love her. But at the same time, Tika Baby, I don't, you know. It's, it's, a disservice to, it's, it's a disservice to the it actual is. piece right. because yeah. now that's what we're focused on. They could have got Kree Summers to play uh, yeah. Ebola's mother. Or Rachel Trump. I think, I, I, I was, they could have got Zoe Kravitz. I, I, was, I, was, I was actually, I, I think another big problem is the fact that they're choosing looks over actual talent. You know, well, that's that. That is when it wrapped it in theater, film. Something you said a minute ago is something. Hello, something you said a minute ago rang that in my ears. Just like when you said that we get this role because we are the character. But there are a lot of people who are getting it because of the, the look, amount of revenue. Well, the, the amount of revenue that can play like, like, the audience. If I got six million followers, I can guarantee you, literally, get cast in that. Just about anything that I want to cast. That makes me so mad. It's like you're going over sales versus like. Actual talent, and, and that pisses me off. Well, that's because people want their tables to get bigger. Right. And everything, it goes into like what y'all were saying about that one person being, you know, the black 
stuff like that, they think about their audience being a whole bunch of old white people. Oh, so they're people. like, I don't want to like put too many black people in there, so I'm gonna throw one in there. So and then too, because something that I saw is they'll put black people in there. And then they'll keep putting them in shows so that the those audience will be familiar to that person. To that like, one. Well, this person is in there because it's from their special dance. I mean, you know, uh, but it's the same way for Chicago the, on the musical. It's, it's been the longest running Broadway musical ever, and they bring these black actors in. They can get money, but they're so bad. I guess the black Horrible. they have Nene, 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 all her aspects of it, but she got coins. <laughs> that was not the trigger. I love you, Candy. Yeah, we love you. Oh my God. She's going to be not as, Roxy. Not as Roxy. We love you. Wipe your ass off. Let's go to the next question. Uh, <laughs> what are some goals and dreams that you have oh at the end? You know what? I'm like, she's gotten all these Oscars, and to me, that type of stuff doesn't matter to me. As long as I'm growing and I can see growth in my work, that, I, I like, you, that's you. legitimately the most important thing to me. And I do, I, I never want to go into a process not being uh, directable, if, if that makes sense. And I, I, I legitimately would love to always go in there and open up myself, and I would like the space to be free to open up myself and to be able to just let it all out. And for somebody to reel me back in who understands the Amen. structure of what yes. I'm doing. And I think that my goals are, you know, I, one thing I always say, uh, nature, Demon one thing I always Demon say is that Demon. I uh, legitimately <laughs> just want to be happy. I want to be happy. And no matter what I'm doing, I don't, this is not a profession that consumes me. And I don't ever want it to consume me in that capacity. Um, I legitimately just want to be happy now. I love what I do and I want to excel above and beyond in this profession, but I also does, do not want it to consume me in the way that there is no other outlet. If I don't get to do it, then I'm going to be unhappy. I want to be so, that, you know, that's, that's, that's my spiel, as the Jews would say. I want to, like, like you said, first. to 
tell you, hey, by you living in what you love to do, you gave me the permission to do what it is right. I want to do. To be able to live in what I want in in my craft, in my to, to make this my career and to do this for the rest of my life. And I want to do things like that because I'm looking at people that I look up to, people that have done TV shows that I can still cannot convince myself are TV shows. I believe because I believe that they're real, you know, I still believe Clary Clip and Mary, um, you know, off in the sunset, but like things <laughs> we gonna get, we, we gonna go there, we can go there. But things things like that, people that make music that lasts forever, that make movies that last forever, that write books that last forever, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't speak her name today. We lost the great um Tony Morrison, you know, Rest like peace, Tony. Like people that create works that outlive them generations and generations and generations to come. Like that's what I want to do. I want to be able to do things and be a part of things that change people's worlds. If I can't change the world, I want to change somebody's world. Okay. All right. So, literally, <laughs> literally bubble, bubble what y'all said resonated with me so deep, dude. It's because it's because I, I actually thought that Grammys or you know what I mean, like Tonys, Oscars, all that was end all be all. But if I know that I'm doing work and I'm burning what I'm doing. It does not matter, like if I get an award or not. That's like the same thing with Leonardo DiCaprio. Dude. The nigga. Dude. That guy literally murders what the fuck he does, and, and the fact that he's not gotten an Oscar until like recently, it's it's baffling. But he knows that he does good work. And I think that's the biggest thing. That as long as you know that you're doing work, regardless of an award that you get. Any of that shit, it does not matter because you know that you're touching souls. The end goal for me is to to be on a, a TV series or a major film. Any of that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Ironically, you just said manifesting. I was literally talking to somebody about manifesting. Oh my god. Okay, anyways. So I'm meant to be here. I already know that I'm meant to be here. So, anyways, like, that's, I think. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Dude. It's just knowing that that you're doing what you love and that you're doing it well. And it does not matter if you get a fucking Tony or an Oscar or any any of that shit. Lord, it does not matter. I would prefer I still get a I would prefer not to have that stuff until I have well stepped up a few, climbed a few steps. Hey, 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 you gotta do what you gotta do. Man. I prefer not to have any of it until I have actually stepped up. The you, thing you, about you, you, that you, is that you earned it. The, the the thing about that is when you get it is when you're supposed to get it. Precisely. Amen. As 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 is as is anything. Right. A lot of times we, we look at people and it's like, Oh, you ain't how'd you get this and this person ain't they've been doing this better third and they didn't get the but you came as your first move as your first move. When you get it, you're supposed to get it. For whatever reason that is, and maybe they're not supposed to understand that reason. But as long as you understand that reason. That you got it. It but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you can, but you cannot allow yourself to live in between the claps. Hey. Because when they stop, what is your identity? Exactly. Who are you going to be when the clap when the clap stop? We we were talking. They they right. If you cannot clap for yourself, the claps of other people don't really matter. I, I, you because, can tell people who are the Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we were we were talking that in undergrad. Um, a lot of times, house sizes. Would dictate people's performances. Oh, I hated that. And I, one of our professors is like, you play 
had a small house the same way you would play at a big at a house. It, 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 it doesn't matter. You just do what you right. have to do. Because they paid the same thing. Exactly. 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 They paid $72 exactly. for this ticket. Your job is to be that role. And if you're not invested in that, what are you worried about what's happening outside? Come on, man. You're not worried about what's happening on the stage. You don't know who's you don't know who's in that audience. You don't know. You don't know who the fuck is watching. Right. And not even in the sense of like for the next step. Like if there's a casting director, somebody big is gonna push you. It could be somebody who spent the last to get a seat. They got the seat at the back at the very top coming because they need something. Exactly. Giving somebody permission to continue. I literally performed the last piece of Judas Scary, dude. And I was it was a small house. I was like Oh shit, we're not performing at Reynolds. And I, I kind of thought that in my head, but I was like, you know what, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do what the fuck I got to do. You know what I mean? So I got out there, I just did what I did every fucking night. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's the job. And I think that that is, that is humility. And that is the difference in somebody who knows what they're doing and they do it, they do it because they love it versus somebody who is looking for some um, reassurance. Come on now, preach. For some security through the claps that they have been and I think that as long as that is continuous for them, they will continue to be happy in this profession. But once those claps stop, and once all those stop, they'll be lost. And those are the people you have to be careful of because they'll tend to step on your toes. Yeah, to get yeah, exactly. You have to understand that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a part of it. You want to be appreciated for doing something. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's a lot of work. Yeah, there's a lot of work. You right here, just like in a relationship. You may not want somebody like it. In your personal romantic relationship or friendships or family, you may not want somebody to be on you all the time, but to appreciate me for what I've done for you, the work I put in to maintain this relationship, you want that every now and then. There's nothing wrong with that, but you cannot let that be a drug. So, if hey. you don't get it, like you said, you do anything to get it, then you overdose on the clap. So now, and then at that point, you. it becomes a, it's not personal, it's business. It's, 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 it's not the end all be all. And you look back after you done everything you had to do, step on all these toes and undercut all these people to get where you want to go, you look back and you have all this bloodshed and carnage behind you and I've oh been told and every, Come every, on, every, everybody has been told this be careful who you meet going up you going up. You're going to see the same people you're going to see coming back down. Thanks. And if you have nobody to go to, because everybody has these peaks and valleys, you're going to have a valley. Regardless no. of however bright your, your career may be, at one point you're going to be on top of that mountain. But it's, it's as sure as the sun rises and falls, somebody else's time is going to build that mountain while you're in the valley. You're going to need somebody to help you get back up to that next peak. Hey, you don't have no nobody. Yo, stop it. Stop. I'm going to preach now. I'm just saying. Oh. If you don't have nobody to cut everybody off, you're going to live your life in the darkness of the valley. Oh, oh, and nobody's going to want to help you up there. Because we hey, have to realize cool. we are the people to help each other. And the thing is, the whole thing about creating we all work together because right. we all move from different jobs. Like, you're right. never just that. Right. And, I, you know, and the, the sad part about it is, as you were saying, there is nobody is higher than the next right. person. Now, a lot of the positions that we um, obtain are man-made. Yeah. So, executive, uh, DP, all those. These are, these are titles that are man-made and they're also expendable. They can be here today and they can be gone tomorrow. Yeah. And then, you know, like, the Bible says, God is not a respecter of persons. So, for me, I have to stand in that light and I have to say, you know, the doors that I walk through have been opened by God. And I have said that many, many times. And I said, and as long as I rely on that, I don't have to worry about, because there are a lot of people who get in bed with a lot of different people just because they want something to happen. And, you know, I pray that I never 
get into that situation or that boat or that I want something that bad. You know what I mean? Because going back to what you were saying, there is every bridge has to be crossed once or more than once in, in your life. There is one bridge that you will cross at least twice in your life. And if you burn those bridges, what are you going to do with people? Nothing. You're going to be stranded. And one thing that I want people, especially every, every artist, to know is to never forget the struggle. Never forget the times where you were getting paid way less than what you thought you would have should have got paid. Hey. Never forget the times you did things for free for a favor for a favor. Never forget the times where you didn't know where your next project was going to come from. Never forget that because it's never a forget that when a time when somebody gave you a break. Exactly because you're going to be in a position. Just like I said, as the sun rises and falls, you're going to be in the position to help somebody else out. And there's going to be somebody in that same struggle you just got out of needing you to pull them through. Do not forget, because struggles are not something that come once and never come again. They're going to cry. Hey, hey, life is about peace and valley. Yeah. And whatever, and you, and, and, and it's knowing that whatever seed you put in the ground, you're going to yeah. reap a harvest. Yeah. So whatever harvest you plant, that's the harvest you're going to reap. Yeah. So, if you, you know, it is what it is. And I, I think that that's just something that we have to live by, knowing that whatever uh, seeds we sow, this is what we're gonna reap when the time for the harvest to come in. That's that's and it, it's it's knowing that everything is going to work it for those people who are out there in the in that lower area, it's just knowing that everything is gonna work out the way it's supposed to work out. So you don't really have to stomp on nobody else's toes. It's what's for you is for you. Right. We're all different. Oh, different. And what you on this oh well. I was going to say, even on this stream, um, my last question was just like some advice that you would give people who are trying to come into this field. So, well, I would say. Well, I've been giving some good advice so far. And, a, and another <laughs> thing, um, for, for those that do believe in the Lord, you know, everybody has the right to believe what they want to believe, but for those that do believe in the Lord, let Him lead. Get out of the way and let Him lead. Because I've tried to be the person leading and I've been stuck. Because I didn't know where I was going. And the minute I stepped <laughs> don't know aside, now. The, minute I, the minute I stepped aside, God showed me things. That if you, there's a song, if you would only trust me. And see, God is not somebody that's going to be forceful and make you think, oh, oh he can. But he's he not real. going to. He, he gives us free will. But the thing about it is, God is like, if you would only trust me enough with your career, with your life, there are things that I can take you to that I can bring you through if you just let me. Let me do it. <laughs> and, 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 and I think that, that not even for us, but that goes for so many people, the people that watch this, you know what I'm saying? It's like, y'all y'all feel like y'all are in a dark place now? Come on, man, just stick it out. Like, shit happens. Shit happens for a reason. You need to be there to be humble. And then when you're humble, you can come. Exactly. And then you know the thing about it is though too, and one thing that I have I, I, I asked my sister uh, my friend, not my sister, she's like a sister. She was telling me and this kind of years off the topic with it, but I'll get it back. Um she was saying something about uh a particular guy and different whatnots and stuff like that. And so I asked her something, so what have you been playing and asking God? What kind of man you've been playing and asking God for? And she said one that's gonna love my child, one that's gonna be Supportive one that's going to be your And I said, okay, so in that, I never heard anything that you, I never heard you say anything about physicality. What do you think? I said, but you didn't pray and ask about that. I 
you have to be specific with God, yep, and you right. have yeah. to know exactly what you want. And one thing, the, the, the thing that I have to go back and say to that, and for anybody getting this profession, it's a profession where you have to have some tough skin, and you have to be happy. Let me tell you something. Whatever you have to do, you have to find the time to make sure that you are happy and you are taken care of. Taking care of. I'm about to say Taking care of. Thank you. Making sure you are taken care of. Because you cannot rely on mankind to do that for you because we are all broken. We are all broken. Yo, hey, they come nobody. There is nobody that is perfect. The definition of perfect is to be complete. And somebody said that one time in a So if you are complete, then your your journey on this earth is done. Come on now. And I said that to say, you have to understand that we are all taking strides forward to get to where we need to get. And the Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. One another thing that I have to say, and this goes for the realm of life that we live in. Have to be communicating. If I said that right, you have to communicate with people with everything that you are doing in this profession. How you feeling? I don't care if you come to me and say, you know what? I was a little jealous about this and blah 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 blah. And it's okay. And it's gonna be okay. There's nothing wrong with being in a dark place. And there's nothing wrong with being at the bottom. The problem is staying there and allowing somebody to tell you that you have to stay there. You legitimately have to work your way out of that. And you, there are so many people around you that will help. Of course, prayer. You have to open your eyes. You have to understand that there are people in your corner, in your circle, that are probably going through the same, same thing, thing that you are going through. And the best thing that you can do as an artist, especially getting into acting, anything, any, any outreach of, of, of artistry, with music, painting, is allow yourself to feel. Wherever you are in that moment, allow yourself to feel it all. It's not going to feel good. Then you're going to be in some dark places. Sometimes you're going to be in darkness as longer than you think you should have. But every single moment, allow yourself to feel. Because one thing is, artists, we're, we're, we're able to capitalize off of our misfortune. We're, we're able to be in this dark area for how many years, how many months, whatever we're going through, to get to a place where you come to a role, come to a moment, and you can pull from that heartbreak. You can pull from that bout of depression. You, you can know what it feels like to be in the clutches of anxiety not knowing when you're going to be able to get out you can feel that hopelessness that character's been because you felt it in your life and you bring it and that's how you can tell the the Felicia Rashad's the Viola Davis's the Denzel Washington's from the others you know because they they bring a sense of honesty of hey I've been here and I'm not playing out of character we would talk being in um, theater because you're not acting out of character you're becoming that character and that character is where the character the character you put on stage is where you and the character meet. You find that common ground. What do we have in common? Where have I been that mirrors where this character has been? What can I bring from my life into this character? And what can I take from with this character? What kind of strength can I take where I was weak? What kind of hope can I take where I was hopeless? Where, how can I get to the next moment? But still remember, years ago, what it felt like. Because it's not, like I said before, it's, it's not going to feel good. But it's going to feel good later. A professor taught me that it's going to hurt, but it's going to hurt so good. Because you're going to remember what it felt like, but you're not there anymore. And so you can you can feel that and then use that and then smile like, huh, I remember, but I'm not there. And yeah. piggybacking off uh, of what you said, I feel like, well, again, piggybacking off of what both of you said, I, I feel like uh, humans re try to recreate God, right? Can't do that. I think a lot of humans want to be. And, 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 and you 
cannot do that. And like you said, we are all broken, right? And I think in that, in us being shattered and broken, we're trying to find people that can keep us. We can't create God by ourselves. We have to find somebody that matches us, that completes us. In that, we are who we are. That's what we're meant to be. You know, and for me to close out, for me to close out, what I have to say, have fun, yeah, yeah. Have fun, yeah, and you know. And I also want to say, make sure you get an understanding. Out of all you're getting, get an yeah, understanding. That's, that's and I think that that is the best way that you will excel in this profession, as you said a minute ago. Understanding that everybody's broken. Understanding that everybody has a story to tell. Understanding that, however, you have to use whatever you went through to become a character, or whatever it is, or however you want to do it. Whatever you have to do, you just have to understand. And understand that you're a work in progress yeah. and it's going to take some time. Um, and, you know, just have fun. I, that is, I, My encouragement is to have fun because it's a very rejuvenating profession. And it will, it will yield so much to you as long as you allow whoever you choose, whether it's the nature, Mother Nature, God, whatever you choose to lead your life, if you allow them to lead it for you and you don't try to be in control of that, I think that you will have fun and you will excel beyond your biggest dreams and goals and, you know, beyond whatever you ever saw that you're yourself uh, excelling to. You know what I mean? And I think that that's just, and just realize that there are people put in place to help you out. And if you are, believe in God, believe in God build a relationship with them. Yes. I mean, build a relationship with God, build a relationship with Mother uh, Nature. I'm curious. Whatever. <laughs> many, many people believe out there, and I don't want to insult anybody. So whatever you do, you just have to find, you build a relationship with, with them that way that you know how to move forward. You let them guide them out. I, I think that this is, I, I feel like, I feel like when you don't know where you're going. I feel like this is kind of off topic, uh, kind of, but I feel like the, the actors that say that when they're performing a, a kind of, like a, not necessarily a fifth punch role, but one that's emotionally unstable, and the fact they say that they're, that, that I guess that, that they're hurt from doing it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think you see a therapist and shit. I think I think that's bullshit. I think I, I honestly believe that's bullshit. And the reason that I say that is because, as we said, we are broken. There's no way that we're playing a character that you're more broken than we are. Broken. I don't know about that. Uh, that. That's how I feel. I mean, that, that's in your feeling. I don't know about that. I think you know. There, listen to you have Munchausen disease. Hypochondriac. Oh, yeah, valid. So valid, they valid. look for that type of stuff. So, of course, it will affect them in a different way. Um, and I, I, I think there are some people who don't know how to. Because let me tell you something. There is a difference when you understand that you're broken and when you don't know that you're broken. Mm-hmm. And we run into a lot of people in this life who do not know that they're broken. You're right. They have suppressed a lot of that and they don't. So, when they do take on something that triggers a lot of that stuff. So, the things that you feel like you dealt with that you only suppress, they start to come into pass. Because you got to deal with it all because it's not normal. Thank you, also, thank you, thank you. Also, also, you got to think about, like, for instance, um, August Wilson, all of his plays, more than likely, I don't want to say this wrong, but they, 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 they come from real people, you know, in real places. Um, Starletta Duvall, I think that's her, I can't remember her last name, but she was in a Friday movie and stuff like that. Um, she did film lessons with, um, what's his name? She she did and she played Benita and she said how like after every show 
the character, the, the guy that played Walter Lieber had to like grab her and shake her because acting is a very spiritual thing. It's very spiritual, and you have to be careful, especially when you acting. Train, there you go. I'm, I'm right. When you um acting, see, even even the trains agree. Um, <laughs> when you when you're taking on a project like that, it's spiritual, like that, where the writer writes that in there because sometimes those characters get on you, and if you don't know how to let them go, they'll stay with you. change, what you don't want to change. Be honest with yourself. Recognize your broken pieces because it, there's a simple quote. I saw it on the internet, um, but it, it hits me spiritually every time I come across it. Somebody said that broken crayons still color. No matter how broke up they are, pick a broken crayon, they it's still good. color. So there's, there is no shame in being broken. The shame is in realizing that you're broken and wanting to hide that because when you do that, you're willingly hurting other people that and you come Pride cometh before fall. It sure does. Amen. So be honest with yourself and tell the truth to yourself first. I think I think it's amending those broken pieces. You know, amending those broken pieces together they in that and you have to know how see like the scripture that said a minute ago, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Mm. You gotta know how to fix those broken pieces and some of you just don't know how because somebody because somebody may have the answer somebody may have the answer there are people that have gone through things that you currently in that may have the, they, they're different but they may have the answer but it's simple but it's something. anytime trials and tribulations become someone's testimony and it's a testimony for a reason because it's to encourage somebody else who's going through that storm in the moment and say well you made it out so something I can make it out too. Oh, okay, okay. You gotta move on. Y'all just. Well, I think that it's very good that y'all touched into um, you know, being broken, like mental health issues and everything like that as actors because that's something that we don't talk about a lot in that profession. And, you know, black people our community in general don't really touch into that a lot. But that is a good thing to. Well, yeah, yeah, at all. But I think that is a good thing to. Um, think about when going into like any kind of artist, like profession, any creative profession, because you can get turned so, 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 so much. You have to have to do So, um, I think that's something that y'all gave a lot of great But also, um, they said they're in a musical, and y'all sang. Y'all gonna sing a little something? Before we go out? <laughs> <laughs> they say y'all are 
Hey, well, come see Choir Boy, August 23rd. <laughs> yes, August 23rd, BFT. Yes. Eight five points. Go to BFT.org to get those tickets if you would like to come. I'm not sure if that's the yes. right thing, but you can hit me up at Dejanier on Facebook to find that information out because it is on there. I have shared the link multiple times, or you can just DM me and I will get you the link. But yes, it runs August 23rd, uh, 23rd through the 25th. 25th. Yes. Twice We're currently rehearsing right now. Twice on Saturdays and Sunday. We open on Friday. It's all open on Thursday. Um, yes, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Come out if you want to get a glimpse of all this stuff that we have talked about with you tonight. We're going to leave it all on the stage. We're going to put it there. We're going to leave it there. And we're going to leave it with you. And we're going to let you guys take over that and handle that. And yes, we would love to see you out there. And come up to us if you do decide to come and give us a hug after the show. Because we would love to see you and know that you came. Don't you hurt us. Just let me know first. You know, don't just walk up to me. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot going on in the world. Just say, hey, yeah, you know, yo, a whole lot going on. I love you. All right. You know. Okay. I'm okay. a hug. I'm a hug. Just let me know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Great, great. So, you know, go check all of these wonderful actors out and check us out for our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye.